Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Monday, November 13th. And joining us on this very special episode, we have YouTuber, writer, in game coverager. Is that a word? NBA coverager? Maybe, maybe not. Is a word? Reporter? I don't know. Brett James, BJ. What's up, my man? What's up, you guys, man? Great to be on the podcast again, man. Um, season's going good so far. I'm doing good. My Jags ain't doing good, but us Magic fans, we're living, living lavish right now. Five and four, man. So I got nothing to complain about. But you guys got the party button, right? We do got the party button in Jacksonville, That's man. That's exciting. So, <laughs> hey, man, if you want to go hit the party button, man, it's about two, two and a half hour drive from uh, Orlando, man. So y'all come make the trip. I like it. I like it. So, BJ, in today's episode, we're going to be recapping these last three games where we face off against the Mavs, the Hawks in Mexico City, and then the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to touch a little bit about the Magic expecting a new arena naming deal uh, going out with the Amway, and then us kind of discussing who would be a great fit to kind of hold that title of the naming rights for you know where where the magic play and then magic injuries and how the magic should really handle that moving forward where we're able to see you know certain players do certain different things in the event that certain of these some of these players are are out and uh we we've been able to answer some questions that we we might have had and what that would look like moving forward but before we get into that bj man you you've been at just about almost every game covering you've been doing a killer job um, just wanted to touch base with you real quick. Tell me what it is you being there in person. What is something that, you know, has stood out to you about this team, um, you know, front and center, the way you've been covering Man, I think the first thing is that just you see the camaraderie with the team. I mean, I think it's very evident through social media, the way that these guys interact with each other, especially having a young group, a bunch of guys that are just a couple of years into the league. These guys really have a good bond with each other. And I think that's probably been the most evident thing, really being around the team, covering the team, even in the locker rooms, warming up. These guys are consistently all hanging out together, laughing, but strictly business when it comes down to it, and especially as competitors. So I think that's been the first big noticeable thing with them. And then the second thing is you really feel the culture and the energy shift inside the arena, and especially when Coach Mosley's preaching it, especially in the pregame pressers, in terms of preparation, talking about the coaching staff, and how it goes from one unit to the next, what they're trying to accomplish, the goals that they're trying to do and lay out on a day-in and day-out basis. I think they do a phenomenal job of that. It's not always going to result in wins, but that's something you definitely see, especially when you're close up covering the games around the coaches, around the team. The direction of this team is moving forward. The culture is shifting. It's not the same old magic, and I think everyone's really buying into that, not just into the locker room, but really around the city. Those two things have really stood out to me so far when covering the team. Yeah, and I, it definitely feels that way. So um, Al, Al and I, uh, you know, Al has season tickets, and uh, I was able to go to the Milwaukee Bucks game and, and be able to see it live in person for the first time. The energy definitely does feel different, even seeing the guys in person. You know, they it's one of the things that you can really hang your hat on is the fact that this group is a very, very close group. 
uh, even the way they rally around, you know, Anthony Black, which is something that I thought was awesome. There was, there mm-hmm. was moments in, in that Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks game where Anthony Black, you know, not saying that was out of character, but it's the first time that we saw him like really get after it against some of the other guys just talking a little smack. And then, you know, them going up to him, kind of holding him back um, and reeling him in and, and things like that for me is, is pretty cool because you, you do get a chance to be able to see how close they are. Um, so that's, that's definitely neat. What about you, Al? I mean, I've been saying it all season, man. Going back to last year, I think the fact that the energy in the building, man, I think you go back to like the AG and Vooch days, it wasn't like this. And I, I kind of said it to you joking around yesterday, Anthony, uh, we're watching the game. Like, it's a different vibe. You go to the games now and pretty much every game's a sold out game. Um, the crowd is electric. Even against the Lakers, man, like Magic fans were louder than Lakers fans, despite the fact that it was a huge majority of Lakers fans, especially near their bench, um, which is kind of where I sit. But man, it's amazing to see the Magic fans are showing up, but not only showing up, they're showing up and being loud and being engaged in the games. Even like little things like, hey, let's get up and cheer before the, the tip-off. People are getting up and cheering. In years past, that wasn't the case. People would sit down and look around like, wow, we're getting up for it. Um, so the, the smallest things like that to me make a big impact. But I got to say, the team has given us reason to cheer also because all the home games are competitive. They're not getting blown out at home anymore. So... Again, credit goes to the team, but again, the fans are also showing up, spending their, their well-earned money also on the team. I know it's not easy right now, economically speaking, in the country. People are going out and, and actually going ahead and, and showing up for the team. So you got to really appreciate that. Yeah, let, let's talk about these three games, Alex, Hawks, and Bucks. But before we do, quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting actions and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online where the game starts, and hopefully your luck is way better than mine because I'm already down about $150, and it's not exciting. We should definitely not mention that to my wife. So <laughs> when it comes to these games, right, Dallas Hawks Bucks, um, we started off this season pretty pretty tough with a really, really tough schedule out on the West Coast, and, and then we get a string of games where you know we get some home court advantage. Uh, we lose to the Dallas Mavericks 117 and 102. Then we face off against the, the Atlanta Hawks in Mexico City, um, which unfortunately still counts as a home game for us. Tough, tough, tough loss at the very last second. And then, and then uh, a big win against the Bucks 112 to 97. It's our first home win against the Bucks since 2018. Uh, so BJ, and then let me get, let me talk to you first. When it comes to these these games, it, it felt as if the Magic fan base, after the tough loss against the Hawks, it's it felt like everyone was kind of in shambles, right? People were already talking about, oh, it's the same old thing. Uh, we're already talking about Tankathon and and looking into the NBA draft, and it's time to give it up. And then we face off against the Bucks, and it seems like there's balance in the world. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on these overreactions early on into the season? Man, I think it's when you've been so accustomed to losing seasons, the constant pain and agony of 
looking forward to the draft in December. You know the team's not going anywhere. You kind of always have those thoughts in the back of your mind. It's very easy, especially when you blow two leads in the Mavericks game, in the Hawks game late. When you have opportunities to win and you don't close the deal, that's unfortunately just the growing pains of a young team. It's something that we've been dealing with. It's something that we're still going to continue to deal with moving forward with this season. But I can understand where Magic fans are coming from with it. We've all been living through it. We're still living through it. And we're going to be looking back one, two, three seasons down the road and saying, damn, remember when we were still struggling to close out games because we didn't have a closer. We hadn't been through these moments. Coach Mosley's still just a 30-year head coach. He's still going through these growing pains, especially with a roster where you're pulling your hairs out trying to figure out where to get these rotational minutes with. Do I give Jet Howard minutes? Where do I find AB to fit in with this roster? Where does Markel Fultz really fit in with this starting group if he does anymore, which is something we'll address later on in the video. So I just think that there's a lot to be figured out, and I can understand why a lot of Magic fans, including myself at times, really get stressed out, especially when there's opportunities right there that we don't take advantage of. So it's understandable. Yeah, and then you you talk about the Hawks. We play against the Hawks, and it feels as if, you know, it, this is a kind of bringing back some PTSD because we lost a very, very similar fashion last season against the Hawks. Um, Al, what, what were some of the things that stood out to you that game? We we faced off against Trey Young. We believe that we have this in the bag, and we kind of just let it slip at the end. Dude, so to your point, it gave me PTSD to get back to last year. It was exactly the same way. We were leading big in the fourth quarter. But going back a little bit more, it was a weird game. I know it was international game in Mexico. The energy was there from the fan base in Mexico. But a weird game because the Hawks were kind of in control of the game. We, could, we made our run, always made it interesting. Then we took the lead, and it felt comfortable at one point in the fourth quarter. We're up by 12. I'm like, we got this. And then all of a sudden, it felt like we forgot how to score. And that happens to us way too often. We went a span of four minutes to close out the game where Paolo hesitated. Franz kept turning it over. They just didn't feel comfortable in the offensive side of the ball um, to close out the game. And that cost us the game. Unfortunately, um, DeJounte Murray, I don't know how he does it, man, but he always has that, that thing where he hits us when it matters most. And he hit that three-pointer, game over. Had he missed that shot, we would have been here today celebrating the fact that we're back-to-back wins. Unfortunately, though, he made that shot. Um, here we are, five and four today. But I will say, if you would have told me, you know, before the season, the Magic have a tough schedule, which we know, nine games in, we are five and four. I would have taken that all day long. So even though things have been rocky, we've lost back-to-back tough games in the Mavs and Hawks. Five and four for this young team with a tough schedule and the number of home uh, away games that we've played, I'll take it all day long. Yeah, one of the things I really did like about that game, um, even though we lost, I love the decision of going with Jonathan Isaac in the fourth quarter to close out at the center position. I really, really loved it. Jonathan Isaac, he's been playing better and better and better. Played a total of 16 minutes, scored 12.7 rebounds. So this is someone that definitely brings in a lot of energy and limited minutes. And we know how valuable he can be. Um, but BJ, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Coach Most trusting Jonathan Isaac to to kind of hold it down at the at the five spot for us? Man, I think it says a lot because I think you've seen a lot more confidence, even when J.I. is especially playing like a stretch five, where we know he's not the most consistent, reliable knockdown shooter but he's coming into his own, especially last night. I guess, well, I guess that was last night versus the Bucks. Yeah, that was last night as we're recording this pod. Jonathan hit two of four threes, did his thing, and obviously defensively don't need to say or really go on a vent 
about how phenomenal he is, what he can bring on the defensive side of the ball, the versatility, steals, block, just his presence and what he can do switching one through five. I think it shows a lot of confidence in him. I think he's earned those minutes, especially when he's healthy and he's upright. We know the kind of force that he can be both sides of the ball. He's really coming into his own. I love the idea of trying to get him to become a stretch five and to see how this unit could really go moving forward. Yeah, Coach Mose is really relying on Jonathan Isaac a lot. We saw a lot of that against the Milwaukee Bucks where, you know, it seemed as if he was staggering, um, taking him in, taking him out at the same time that Giannis was playing. Not for the full spectrum of the game, but he was definitely being strategic about it. Really love what we saw from Jonathan Isaac against Giannis, but even more so what we saw with um, Anthony Black. Um, Al, talk to me. Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Damian Lillard was the last-minute cut. Uh, Markel Fultz also was a surprise last minute cut. You don't have Wendell, you don't have Gary Harris. Um, and the Magic had what we thought would have been a tough matchup, really led the way for a majority of the game, and we were able to seal the win. But talk to me, no Markel Fultz. There's already a, a very Civil War like uh, presence when it comes to this topic. Markel Fultz, Magic are playing still pretty good basketball Anthony Black um, kind of holding the fort down um, but we also saw a lot more of Jalen Suggs handling the point guard position as well uh, Cole Anthony didn't play too much in the second half so tell me tell me your thoughts around you know the ball handling yesterday for the Magic I mean I gotta say it man we, we talked about it now for back-to-back weeks um, Anthony Black to be honest man does not look like a rookie like he doesn't get sped up he doesn't rush anything he doesn't force anything that's all you can ask for in a rookie. If he's open, he's shooting it. If he has a lane, he's attacking it. He's doing what, exactly what he needs to be doing. And honestly, he's doing what Markel does in the sense that Markel doesn't really try too hard. He just play makes for people, makes it easier for others. But when he's open, the lane opens up, he'll attack it. So he's kind of doing the same thing. Um, struggled a little bit yesterday against the, against the Bucks, But overall, he's doing a great job in general, just, again, give, attacking what the defense gives him. Um, but to your point, one guy that's really, really impressed me the last couple of games, Jalen Suggs. Something clicked in the last couple of games. So he dropped 21 against, against the Hawks, 20 against the Bucks, um, 80% from three-point range against the Hawks, 50 against the Bucks. Um, but the best part, 38 minutes against Milwaukee, 31 against the Hawks. So there's a trust factor building up with Coach Mosley with Jalen Suggs that I'm loving to see. Um, defensively, we know he's a beast. We, we cannot say that enough. The fact that he's taking open threes, the fact that he's making them, and the fact that he is wildly attacking the defense, <laughs> but leading to good outcomes, that's huge. Because we saw last night a couple of times where he just, the Milwaukee would score, they'll give him the ball, he would go a thousand miles per hour, he may miss the layup, but hey, he's the first one down there, guess what? Goga got the putback layup. J.I. got the putback layup. So something good came out of it. And we got to see that more often from this young team. You're young for a reason. Use it. Markel should be doing the same thing every time. Just, just attack the defense. So I love the fact that he's not afraid of missing the layup. He's not afraid of missing the, uh, the open three. And dude, like we've said it for years, the form in his shot is beautiful. He is shooting over 80% from the free throw line. That means that he, he can knock him down. It's confidence. And that this little steps that we're seeing, it's going to play out dividends for us, I feel, as, as the season goes on and progresses. So we kept talking about, is he the shooting guard of the future? I don't know. But if he keeps doing this, it's hard to take him out. So that's my takeaway from yesterday's game. The fact that Jalen Suggs, man, just has owned the fact that he knows that we need offense 
he's realizing it more and more. I got to do more than just be a great defender. Yeah, his level of intensity that he brings, and we talked about it during the game. There's moments where he is just pushing that basketball so fast that it creates chaos in a moment where they have there has to be reaction from the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, ultimately it's either he's forcing the, the refs to be able to make a call and, and call a foul or he's, he's taking it back out or he's pushing the, the ball off to the corners or whatever case may be. But Jalen Suggs is fun to watch, man, from, from beginning to end. And if, it, if this is something that can be consistent, it's just going to open up the opportunity for, you know, uh, Paulo and, and Franz to be able to do what they do. Yesterday, they ended up scoring 24 points apiece. But another player that really stood out to me is Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner off the bench has been doing tremendously off the bench, just bringing energy and, and just from an offensive punch itself. Uh, I can't remember who was on social media that said it, but there's there's not too many you know, backup big man that's that's able to produce the same level that Mo Wagner has been able to produce. And and for the money that we're paying him, it is it is awesome. This isn't one of those things where, you know, we saw we saw in that game in the Milwaukee Bucks that, you know, Giannis's brother was playing crazy minutes. More than I it felt a little weird for me because I'm like, I had no idea this dude plays as much as he does, right? There's a difference between Giannis's brother's brother playing and Franz Wagner's brother playing, right? Because it's not, uh, it's it's not Franz brother. Like Moses' own man, he he impacts the game in his own way, and and his level of play really dictates how successful you know that that second unit is when they come on the court. But um, BJ, who who else stood out to you from that game and and closes out when it comes to the Bucks? How is it okay to say now that the Magic beat the Bucks? that we're we're back on that trajectory of of the fan base kind of calming down a little bit and saying you know we're we're all right i won't say that a blowout win over the milwaukee bucks is gonna really dictate the fan base calming down because we're still gonna have our losses we're still gonna have some great emphatic wins moving forward it's gonna be a roller coaster of emotions all season that's just what it's gonna be but five and four right now with, with the way the schedule's played out we talked about the west coast trips all the road trips some very convincing home wins. Sitting at five and four with this young team, with the injuries that we've had to Markel, Wendell, Gary, the list goes on. I mean, you can't ask for much more, you know? So I think just in terms of standing out, you guys talked about it. Jalen Suggs, just phenomenal the way he pushes the pace. His growth and his development, it's just been beautiful to watch, especially on the offensive side. Mo Wagner's been special this season coming off the bench, and I don't think that there's any nepotism I think that's the word that we were looking for with Thanasis and Giannis in Milwaukee versus Mo and Franz. This is strictly a guy who is a solid contributor on a night in and night out basis. He's overperforming, overachieving, 13 points a game, shooting about 37% from deep. We know the kind of energy that Mo brings off the bench alongside Cole, Joe in that second unit. Just a phenomenal overall game. But I think the other standout for me was Jonathan Isaac off of the bench as well, too. We talked about Anthony Black, but J.I., and just his defense, like I said, just strictly on Giannis, him owning in on that matchup and him willingly being able to put a body into Giannis consistently, give him just trouble all night. Just phenomenal performance by him. Great collective effort by the team. I love the energy, love the intensity. Just an overall wonderful performance from the Magic last night. Yeah, and you you mentioned his name, Joe Ingles. Ow, I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on this. Do you care 
about the plus and minus, the analytical standpoint of Joe Ingles, or do you care more of what you see with your eyes? And this is the biggest topic that I've seen a lot of people really talk about when it comes to Joe Ingles, who seemingly seems to be our, our sixth man. Um, he, he's been one of the first people to come off that bench when it comes into the beginning of the games. But Joe Ingles, who is late in his career, definitely got a nice sizable contract with the Orlando Magic and taking a lot of the minutes away from some of the other guys that, you know, you would think that the Magic would want to have more eyes on. And the player in particular is Jet Howard. Um, so give, give me your thoughts. Is the team playing better with Joe Ingles? And what have you seen with your own eyes? So according to the uh, famous plus and minus stat, he mm. is killing it. He is leading the team, doing this, you know, better than Paolo, better than Franz. He is just, he should be actually starting for us if we go based on that stat alone, right? Because he is having that big of an impact. So let's be real. However, if you have two eyes and you're watching Magic Games, I do not give a damn about plus and minus because you can definitely see he's a liability, man, on the defensive end. People are literally just walking by him, not even running by him, walking by him. I get it. He moves the ball really well. I get it. He's a smart pick and roll player. I get that BJ has a big Soft spot. fandom towards him because of the Utah mm. Jazz days. I get all that. But let's be real, man. Can you really tell me that Jed Howard could not be on the court right now? By the way, Jed Howard's known to be a pretty decent passer, a good guy that can attack the basket. And he's not the best defender, but is he any worse than Joe Ingles is today? I don't know. So all I'm going to say is this. I can't say that he's better than Jahawar or worse. He is having an impact. He should not be getting as many minutes as he's getting, in my opinion, being real. And there's nothing wrong with saying one game, hey, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give Jahawar a chance tonight to see how he does. Hey, Jahawar goes 0 for 10. He sucks. Hey, that didn't work. It's okay. Let's go back to what we're doing. But all I'm saying is it feels like there is a contract in place in which you're going to pay $11 million. You're coming to Orlando. And you're going to play 25 minutes a night. That's what you're coming to Orlando for. And that's what we're going by. Because one word that we keep hearing is accountability this season. We're going to hold everyone accountable in this team. Well, if you on go the to the stats, it. on every aspect of the game, right? Like, we don't care who you are. We're here to win this year. That's what Coach mostly said in media day. I'm holding him to it. Well, plus and minus is great. Cross that out for a second. Give me field goal percentage. Give me three-point percentage. Give me any other statistic out there. It's not looking good for Joe. You're a three-point shooter, man. You're shooting 25%. That's not, it's not cutting it. You got Caleb Houston, who showed a lot last year when given minutes. So why not him? Yeah, Howard, 11th pick in the draft, can shoot it. Why not him? All I'm saying is, I'm not done with him, but let's be real. If you're struggling out there, let's switch it up a little bit and see what, who else can help us. That's my two cents. That's my vent today with Joe Ingles. It's been a hot topic on Twitter. It's been a hot topic in social media. Um, and I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on, on our boy, uh, Joe Ingles? Because I know Brett has a soft spot for him, so it's, it's different. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not mad at the fact that he, like, I'm not worried about him struggling from the three-point line. Like, he's, he's a shooter. He's, he's been a shooter his whole entire career. If it's not hitting now, I'm expecting for him to be able to hit it later. Here's my here's my thing with Joe Ingles that bothers me is that there's there's moments. And let me start with the positives, right? We know that he's a great playmaker. We've seen it. He's very vocal. We've seen it. The reports are he's very very vocal on the bench. We've also seen that, 
right? These are all benefits. These are all great things that the team definitely needs. Um, we, we talk about leadership. They're, they're saying that he provides that. My, my griff with it is there's moments where he, he is, he's handsy, he gets deflections, and the, there's a loose ball, and my man just doesn't go after it. He gives up because he knows that he can't get it. I, I get that he's, he's a veteran, 38 years old. He's not in the best shape, and that, that's my only thing, right? It's not that he can't get to it. It's the fact that he gives up and doesn't even try. That's the part that pisses me off. That's really my only issue with Joe Ingles, right? Everything else, I kind of like. It's still a very, very small sample size. Um, I don't like the fact that he's taking a lot of the minutes away from what we could potentially see in Jet Howard, right? Because this is a season where, yes, the Magic are trying to win. We're not, we're not really focusing on trying to figure out what it is that we have. Yes, there's always going to be a focus around developing, but there's, there's time for that in practice, right? Um, what I'm hoping for at some point is there being an opportunity where you kind of have to play Jet Howard. There's a lot of different circumstances where that may happen. I'll leave that up to you to speculate <laughs> yourself. <laughs> but if, and this, this is, this is what we've talked about where the, the Matt, so I, I said this a few days ago where, you know, Mar, uh, Franz Wagner, Paulo Bancaro, we rely, the, we rely on them a lot on the offensive end. At the end of the day, they're not at the superstar level where you're going to get, get a guaranteed 25 to 35 points tonight. They're, they're not on the Luka Doncic or Anthony Edwards level just yet. They're still developing. So for the Magic, it's really going to be about strength and numbers. We're going to need to have a healthy team, right? But let's be honest. If it wasn't for Markel, which doesn't matter how you feel about Markel or how great we, basketball that we have or have not been playing, if Markel didn't miss a few games, Anthony Black doesn't get the opportunity to play, and we really don't see what we really have with Anthony Black. Anthony Black may be seeing the same amount of minutes that Jay Howard has been seeing. So it's been a blessing in disguise that Markel has not been playing. I'm hoping that there is some type of opportunity where just throughout, and not hoping in a bad way, but I'm hoping that there's something happens where we're able to see Jet Howard, whether that's coming from he's just playing great basketball in practice. Just say it, bro. Or just Joe, say it. Or Joe Ingles. <laughs> he gets some veteran treatment. Where What's the elephant in the room? To, he just has elephant to sit out for a little bit. Oh, I just okay. want I want us to be able to see Jet Howard play in some mm. capacity. I think that that's, that's part of everyone's issue with Joe Ingles. But BJ, okay. talk to me. If you don't, if you don't know this about BJ, BJ's West Coast team is a Utah Jazz. Um, so you, you definitely have way more experience on this Joe Ingles topic more so than than anyone else. Um, yeah, does, does I I'll have a point. I, I think you both have a point. I think everyone on Magic Twitter, this is a, a situation like I said where I'm very thankful I'm not Jamal Mosley. He has a lot of pressure on himself with this team. And it's more than just Joe Ingles. It it really is the entire rotation. You talked about it with Markel going down, being a blessing in disguise. Who knows how many minutes we see of AB, if any, without Markel, you know, going down for a little bit, being nicked up. So it was a blessing in disguise. And maybe Joe Ingles being out there right now is a blessing in disguise for Jet Howard, maybe not being able to produce because the coaching staff doesn't think that he can produce for this team right now. 
regardless of if, how you feel about contracts and stuff too. And you guys are right. I do have a soft spot for Joe Ingles. I'm very aware of that. Um, I will point that out. I've seen every dribble of this guy's jazz career. When he went to Milwaukee, I supported him. I've been watching Joe Ingles since the Gordon Hayward jazz days. I know everything about this guy, his family. Do you, do you own a Joe Ingles jersey? You know what's funny is um, that was actually the first jazz jersey I wanted to own when he came to the team. I was like, I want a Joe Ingles jersey. I was like, no, I'm not going to get an Ingles jersey. And then sure enough, he stuck around. And then he really stuck around. And now he's the Jazz's all-time leader in three-pointers made. I think like top five in three-point percentage in Utah history. Like just incredible. You know, incredible man, incredible father, husband, role model, veteran. You know, so there's just a lot that goes into that. So I know I have that soft spot. But getting back to on the point really with Ingles, I don't think Al's wrong. I don't think Aunt, you're wrong either. I think everyone on Magic Twitter really – could be right with these situations where I lean a little bit more is still play him. Right. And it's not because I'm taking anything away from jet. You obviously want to see your lottery pick go out there. Obviously when we talk about ceiling and upside, yes, jet ceiling and upside six, eight, six, seven shooter who can stretch the floor move is athletic, has young legs. Of course, he's going to have better upside than a Joe Ingles right now. But even with my own two eyes, I think the reason Joe Ingles is really out there getting the minutes that he's getting is because the coaching staff trusts him and that he can calm these guys down out there. When you go to that second unit and you throw J.I., Cole, Moe, and whoever else you want to throw out there, when Ingles is in that second unit and he can run that pick and roll effectively, hey, when you know there's a couple turnovers, the offense is a little bit stagnant, you need someone else to control the ball in those situations like you alluded to, Ant, where you take some of that pressure off of Paolo. You take some of that pressure off of Franz because they're not an Anthony Edwards. They're not a Luka yet. That's where a guy like Joe Ingles comes in. And I think where us Magic fans get it twisted is, and even myself, when we signed Joe Ingles, we're like, great. We add another shooter to this roster where that's where we have a deficiency in. We get a career sniper who's coming to Orlando. He can bring that veteran mentorship. And the expectation is we have a shooter, but that's not what we've had through the first nine games. But what we have had is a guy who is playing defense. He is getting deflections. He is taking some of that pressure off the ball on some of these guys. Hate it or love it, he's doing that. And it's not perfect. It doesn't look great all the time. But I think the intangibles of what he really brings to this team, maybe I'm making excuses for him. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm still leaning and trusting the process of what Mosley and the rest of the staff is doing. I'm okay with Ingles getting the minutes that he's getting right now. Um, I think that there's a lot more value that he's providing than, you know, negativity. Let's just leave it at that for myself. It's a career 40% three-point shooter. This season is his worst shooting season thus far. Mm. Still very early, so it's a small sample size, but he is shooting 23% from the three-point line. Mm -hmm. and, but, and I think that that's, that's the, the biggest struggle, right? I, I think that's the part that frustrates people the most is that, you know, everyone was excited about Joe Ingles. What everyone asked for, what everyone asked for this off season was a veteran that can shoot the ball, and we got that right. And then he comes in playing a good amount of minutes. And he's just not hitting the three point ball, and that's that's the part that people are frustrated. Now, the biggest upside that, in my opinion, Joe Ingles brings is that whether or not he's shooting forty percent, whether or not he's shooting twenty three percent, because he's been in this league for so long, his his reputation opens a floor for everyone. It stretches the floor for everyone. You have to respect a, a basketball 
being called by Joe Ingles behind the three-point line. You have to guard it. You have to respect it. And I think that at the end of the day, we can kind of hang our hat right now on that. But eventually, we're going to have to see some of that production play out. Like We're, we're going to have to see that ball go into the hoop a lot more. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I would like to see him dive on the ground. He's a vet, so I know that he doesn't have to do it. But if he would dive on the ground to catch a loose ball, that, that'd be a plus side in, in my book, in my opinion. It, it would like be. And look, I think in a perfect world it is. But we're not bringing in a vet who's a shooter like a Duncan Robinson or a Buddy Heald. Guys that still have relatively young legs. We are literally bringing in a grandpa, the substitute teacher of NBA vets. Okay, so I'll, I'll give him some <laughs> pass with that too. But um, I think Joe really does provide a lot more positivity and a lot more upside on the court, off the court, in the huddle, really mentorship-wise for everybody. Even me and AB have talked about it on the side as well too. Just in pregame warm-ups as well too, just conversations I've had with him. AB just speaks so highly of a guy like Joe Ingles. And maybe Joe has had a lot of impact in making that uh, pesky defender in AB as well, too, because that's something Joe Ingles is known for a lot of, is getting in people's heads, getting under their skin, being that pesky defender, and kind of bringing that edge on the defensive side of the ball, too. So maybe he brings a lot of that to a young guy like AB, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. He's definitely a player that people are keeping a close eye on. Um, whether you want to see him on the bench, whether you want to see him on the court, whatever case may be, and where he's he's rocking a magic uniform, so we definitely want his success. Uh, let's let's talk about this new arena aiming rights. So, Magic CEO Alex Martin expects a new arena naming rights deal to be announced before the start of 2024. Uh, the Amway Center has been the the naming rights for a good minute. It would almost even feel awkward to name it anything else, just because it's 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 been called that for so long, but what name, what company, what would you like for the Magic moving forward uh, to kind of adopt in that scenario that would make sense for the city, for the arena, for the fan base? Um, Al, I'll give it to you first. It's tough. So I was looking at like Orlando-based companies. And I'm like, like, what would be a good one that we can come up with? Obviously, the obvious one is like, man, like Disney, right? Like Disney's a big partner of ours. Can they get even more involved? Um, it doesn't have to be like name it the Magic Kingdom, but it could be the Disney Arena, aka the Magic Kingdom. You kind of make that a thing. That would be dope. We've been saying that now for what two years? I think Anthony once we first started hearing about these rumors of the naming arena, uh, naming rights coming due. Uh, I think in June of this past uh, this year. But it, on a realistic level, too, I wouldn't mind like a Publix Center, Publix Arena, something of that nature. That would be kind of cool. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a Florida company. We all know it. We all go to it. Uh, it's well-respected. Um, I wouldn't mind that either. So that's kind of my, my thoughts. I think that that would be two companies that I wouldn't mind. Like, I, I really think if Disney wants to truly go all in with the Magic and that partnership that we know, they rely on each other a lot for tourism here in Orlando. Make it official. Like, go all in. If not, I hope public steps up and, and kind of says, hey, we're here. Let, let's make this a, a thing. Yeah, I, I like I like the public's idea. I think that, you know, how cool would it be if we kind of give Papa John's a break and instead of 50% off Papa John's, we do 50% off public subs. That'd be dope. Ooh. That'd be a dope idea. That'd be great marketing, in my opinion. We can do, even do something if Joe Ingles makes like two three-point shots. 50%, 50% <laughs> Take the under. Public Take subs. the under. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great marketing. Uh, BJ, what about you? What do you think? Man, I'm I'm all for embracing Disney at this point, man. Um, I'm all for Magic Kingdom. 
unpopular opinion. I'm sure there's some people that love it, some people that hate it. I'm embracing it at this point. When people talk about a Mickey Mouse Town, a Mickey Mouse franchise, Orlando is ran by Disney. The I'm amount of revenue bro. that, yeah, the amount of revenue. Once I moved here, once I really moved to Orlando and I really understood like, wow, like Disney is such an influence here. And obviously everywhere in Florida, but really in Orlando and in the metropolitan area, I'm embracing it. I think Magic Kingdom, anything Disney related, coming to the, well, not the Amway, but, you know, in replacement of the Amway, I think would do justice. I think if I was to do something else, though, as like a 1B, I would like something Orlando-based as well, too, like a Publix, maybe a Fairwinds, right? Bank. I like something along those lines, too, but I'm definitely for embracing Disney. I say Magic Kingdom all the way. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy because you, you think of the term Magic Kingdom and it makes so much sense that it doesn't make sense that it's not a thing, right? Mm-hmm. You take a look at a team like the Toronto Raptors. It's, it's definitely not the name of their arena, but they have an area that they call the Jurassic Park. It it makes so much sense, right? That you would think that uh, maybe it just there there needs there needs to be some level of permission of some kind. Like, dude, they're your, they're on your chest. Like, you have them on your uniform. It's literally just a quick phone call, and it's like the greatest marketing scheme that you can have in professional basketball. Yet it's not it's not a thing. It's almost weird to where they're tiptoeing around it now as it is kingdom on the rise. Exactly. Orlando Magic, like it's already there. I'm surprised that it isn't a thing. Not necessarily what you would want to call the arena, but at least in some capacity, there should be something, right? Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 if it's not like to me, Publix makes a whole lot of sense. I could see them going, you know, doing the whole Advent Health thing. Also, uh, I know that they mm-hmm. they already sponsor it for the um the practice facility. Um, so who, who knows, man, but that's, that's something where I would see, and it, uh, did they even roll out that they're changing it completely? I don't, I don't know if they did. So they officially announced that by the end of this year, they will announce a new sponsor. So, okay. Unless they're just playing us and it will be the Amway arena instead of Amway center. And that's all they do. Who knows? <laughs> Amway global, Amway international, Amway something. Maybe. But just imagine like on ESPN, a playoff game, game one of the playoffs, this season coming up, and they're saying, you know, coming to you live from the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida, bro, like it just hits different, man. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, damn, like we're embracing the culture. We're embracing the jokes of Disney owned. Who cares? It's our kingdom. You're coming here to, to play hardball in Orlando. Like it'll be so dope. Again, to your point, it doesn't have to be the arena name, but it could be a section, Wall Street, some way, somehow rename it into the Magic Kingdom. Right, exactly. Whatever. Yep. Or the new area they're building, the whole 2025 project they're going to start building across the street from Emway. Make a nice plaza where you can go and watch the game from the outside. You call that the Magic Kingdom, a part of the Disney Harry Buffalo, whatever it is. Oh, man. Man, <laughs> you, keep, you keep posting at that, man. <laughs> it's so sentimental. Uh, even, I, and this is something that I thought about also, taking down the ozone and calling it the kingdom. Like, I, I don't know. I, I Ooh, feel yeah. like there, there should be, there's, just from a marketing standpoint, just. It, it makes it makes so much sense that it doesn't make sense that it's not making sense. I don't know. <laughs> now that makes sense. Now that makes sense. Um, and who knows, man? Maybe maybe one of these names is something so left field that no one has even thought of. That you know, that's that's normally how the magic like operates. Oh, one hundred percent. It'll be some sort of random company like SoFi Arena, and you're like, what the hell is SoFi? Some online bank, and that will be it. So wouldn't be surprised. 
yeah chime chime bank there you go you want a bank there you go chime there you go <laughs> all right man so that this week ahead we have tuesday we're playing against brooklyn it'll be our first in-season tournament game followed by wednesday um against chicago and then friday again against chicago our second in-season tournament followed by sunday in indiana so you got brooklyn chicago twice and Indiana, BJ, I'm going to throw it to you first. Predictions for these next four games. How do you feel like the Magic will end up faring against that? Week ahead, I say three out of four. I, I absolutely see three out of four this week in the win column. You're going to drop one you probably shouldn't. I think we take care of business versus Chicago, win both those games. I think we beat Brooklyn. I think Indiana's a tough out. You know, And I'm not discrediting what Brooklyn's done. I'm not discrediting Chicago. Any of these teams can get hot at any moment with the rosters that they have too, and especially the way Cam Thomas has been playing to start off the season. Wow. But um, I say three out of four. I think we dropped the one um, at Indiana this upcoming Sunday. And, man, I'm excited. I really think that we're going to do a great job in East Group C with the in-season tournament starting. I think we get off on a good foot. And then uh, the following week we'll obviously come back home, take on Toronto and Boston at home. For the in-season tournament too so very excited about that i like us going three and four this week yeah brooklyn right now currently holding down the ninth seed in the east they are currently five and five uh chicago struggling at four and six holding down the 12th seed and indiana playing really good basketball they're holding down the third seed at six and four al mm -hmm. what are your predictions so i think like bj mentioned um three out of four we, we win this week in my opinion <clears throat> I think the toughest out also will be Indiana. They play really well at home. They, got, they have a great team. They match up well against us. Um, I'm confident with throwing Goga at Vooch, believe it or not. I also like Mo Wagner going at Vooch. So that's the one matchup that I'm like, we don't have Wendell. We'll miss him. But I trust our bigs. Um, going off topic for a second for you guys, real quick question. Are you guys concerned with Markel playing this week coming up? We, we, he was ready to go. He played in Mexico City. And then he sat out um, last game against uh, Milwaukee. You guys think we see him at all this week? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you you had mentioned it that you um right after they had reported that he was going to be out, Markel visibly looked like he wasn't he wasn't too happy that he wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. So, um, who knows if this was one of those things where you know they asked him real quick and he said that he has a little discomfort and then just out of you know precautions they they held him out because our next game is until Tuesday, so you have yourself a, a good little break. And True. good that he didn't play. Uh, we ended up getting the win against Milwaukee. You know, the, the report that Damian Lillard wasn't playing, maybe that was a factor as well. Um, I I don't see why Mark Hill wouldn't be available to play on Tuesday. I'm expecting for him to be in that lineup. Yeah, I'm not concerned. I think Mark Hill is going to be fine, um, you know, barring another injury, knock on wood. I think Mark Hill is expected to go out there the rest of the week unless something happens moving forward. I'm all with him getting back inserted into the starting lineup. Unless something drastic happens and, you know, he doesn't perform well, the team doesn't perform well, I don't think they make any necessary big changes, and uh, I think Markel's going to be fine moving forward. Yeah, these next four games will all be away, so Magic definitely go on a stretch mm -hmm. where they're playing on the road. Um, I, I, I'm, my predictions aren't changing from yours. I, I believe that, you know, we'll, we'll get the three um out of the four indiana's gonna be that tough game um i in my opinion yeah in season you you would say that 
those are the important games. But the Indiana game to me is is a way for the Magic to really put down a staple and 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 send out a message that that the Magic are here and that and they're for real, man. It, it, Indiana's been playing really really good basketball and. You know, you you want to take advantage of those moments, but you know it'd be it'd be cool to kind of see because I, I, I how much have you guys followed from the in season or do you feel like you're super knowledgeable when it comes to this in season tournament and and everything that comes with it? With the yeah. rules, yeah, the, the the rules and how it's all played out. I've done a lot of research on my own time, making sure I'm staying informed on how everything kind of works out with the brackets, record wise, what it means for the team, the incentive base for coaches, athletes, etc. So, yeah, I've got myself definitely a lot more knowledgeable on it as well, too. Um, and I think it's a good way to value the regular season right at this point, too, especially because you make it money incentive based going to Vegas, having kind of that week off. And it's like a miniature all star break. If your team doesn't advance and you guys don't do good, it's like, all right, it still hurts against the regular season record. But, you know, maybe we have a couple injuries on the team. Maybe we're a team that's actually trying to compete for a championship. We don't really care about the in season tournament. Now we kind of get like a week break because I think December, I want to say 7th through the 12th, somewhere around that time frame mm-hmm. is um, about a week break in the NBA, barring the actual people that's competing in the tournament. So there, there's a lot of different factors that go into this as well, too. But I think someone like Orlando, a lot of the good young teams out there, they should really be pushing heavy for something like this, too. And I think it's good for marketing. Yeah. You know, what's one cool thing that I learned this week, actually, today? Um, it's a tiebreaker situation point differential matters so it's so cool to see how like a team might be up 15 with 20 seconds left and they're going for the layup they're going for the dunk because they're like hey we want to win by a bigger margin just in case we're tied with another team we have the point differential in our favor so that's something that i didn't know about as a tiebreaker so that's pretty cool um but in my opinion i see your point i think the magic will do well i think again brooklyn you got to win that game ball uh, the the one in on friday against the bulls same thing and then at home, it's going to get tougher because Toronto's a good team and so are the Celtics. So it's going to be tougher when we come back home. But I think you got to start strong. Because if you lose against mm-hmm. Brooklyn, it kind of automatically sets a tone to like, hey, are we really doing this? So uh, it's going to be a fun week, I think. I just, I'm not looking forward to that game in Chicago. Though that court, all red, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the color rushed. Um, who, who was it? I, I believe it was Joel Embiid that uh, he, he took a last-minute shot during the play-in, they were already up. He shot a three-point. Um, they didn't count, but it did go in. The other team was really upset. And apparently they were trying to fight Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid didn't know. And afterwards, when they told him about it, he's like, well, it's not my fault that they don't know the rules about the play-in. You, you want to get the most amount of points. Um, so mm-hmm. that that's an interesting factor because that kind of seems like it's been the theme so far this season where the, the rules, the regulations, the format – Kind of how everything's playing out isn't necessarily a hundred percent clear across the board mm-hmm. with the players. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. We you definitely still want to win as many of these games as possible because they do count against your you know in season record. So well, we'll see what happens, man. These next four games will definitely be a a, a tall tale, and we get an even bigger sample size of what this team ends up looking like um, moving forward. So. On that note, it is a wrap. I appreciate everyone listening into the Orlando Magic HQ podcast presented by Bet Online. And uh, if you're not already following BJ um, and all the crazy hard work that he's been doing on the YouTube, man, you you put out awesome, awesome content on a very consistent basis. So if you're not checking us out on YouTube, a lot of great stuff on there. 
Um, and if you're a Jags fan, also the amount of work that BJ puts on the Magic side, he also puts on the Jags side um, as well. So definitely go out there and check him out. BJ, real quick, drop your uh, your social media credentials. Thank you, man, for all the words. Definitely means a lot. Same thing, Magic fans, any Jags fans out there listening. Um, cover the teams, articles, recaps, previews, content-based, agenda-based videos, everything you can name out there. So Twitter, at the Brett James one Instagram, at the Brett James, and then YouTube, Brett James. I'm not the country singer. I think you could figure that out. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd see me there. Damn, but aren't you aren't you like that Julian Newman guy, right? I am that Julian Newman guy just on some days, you know, according to Cole Anthony. Other days, you know, I'm uh, Lewis Hamilton. It just it really just kind of alters depending on the day. <laughs> so so many options to choose from. On yeah, that note, you... it is a wrap. We'll catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.